welcome to the St. George's podcast. Uh, this is our first one. We're excited to be here and share some thoughts with you. I'm David Edgerton. I am the rector and lead pastor at St. George's. We're in Maple Ridge, which is in BC, British Columbia, Canada. I'm Roxanne Brundle, and I'm the associate pastor here at um, St. George Maple Ridge. And we're really excited to share some thoughts with you guys. So we just thought we would uh, talk and have a conversation. Uh, we'll take questions and ideas that you can let us have. One of the things that we have been thinking to do for a while is to have a podcast and talk about what's going on at St. George's, what are some of the things we're trying, what are the joys and challenges of ministry in Maple Ridge in an Anglican church. With the, the COVID-19 situation, meaning that we're confined more or less to our houses, uh, aside from some grocery shopping, now seemed like a perfect time to start a podcast. I know that there's a lot of people that are looking for something to listen to. So we're here and we'll possibly give you some ideas of some of the things maybe you can even be doing while you're sitting at home. And we want to tell you a little bit about what we're doing. People have been wondering and actually wanting us to talk about some of the things that are different in ministry as far as COVID-19 is. So what are some of the ways in which things have been different for you and for the church in general, other than just we're not meeting? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big change is, as you say, we're not meeting, but what, what's happened is we've had to find other ways to meet. And uh, we, we had a lot of stuff in place before. We've, we've live streamed as a church in the past. We've recorded sermons. Uh, so we, we've got people who know how to do these things. And it was almost like I'm going, right, now's the time to, to put all this into practice. Um, but I think one of the things for me is, and you can share what you think, but it's just the amount of time it takes seems to be two or three times what it would have been um, because of all the retakes, uh, having to uh, record something for a video and then uh, a dog barking. And so I have to start again um, or hearing a lawnmower going past outside. Um, so I, I find it's taking a lot more time um, to try and, and make sure that the quality's there. Whereas when we do something live, if it goes wrong, we just laugh it off and make a joke. Yeah. And I think one of the big problems is that when we're recording it, we know that it's on YouTube forever. And so I think we're way more critical about what it looks like. So I know me personally, when I'm doing a sermon, it might be perfectly fine knowing that it's just a one take deal, everyone sees it, but the idea that somebody can revisit it three and four years later makes me retake things that don't necessarily need to be retaken. And also I realize just like you, I have two dogs and I have three kids and we have to share the space. So it's pretty tricky sometimes to have quiet enough to record. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that one of the questions we had initially was, should we have a, a live service or should we pre-record the service? Um, and that, that was really a question around, um, around the, the quality and of the capability that we'd have to produce something um, live. I guess we made the decision to go with the Sunday services being pre-recorded so that we could get contributions from different people through the week and, and make sure it was going to work. Um, and most of the time that worked. I, I remember the first Sunday we did it, we had a, a slight uh, teething trouble because it did take a long time to get uploaded onto YouTube. Um, I guess everyone was was suddenly doing the same thing and um and it and it got quite slow to upload things one of the things that's interested me lately is just how um how much people seem to appreciate live um and, and daily prayer so i mean what what are your thoughts on on live 
Life Church on Facebook and Daily Prayer. Well, one of the things um, I've noticed is we get a lot of people from all over the world tuning in, which is quite exciting. And a lot of people that tune in live, which is really exciting. It's a good sense of knowing that people are actually praying at the same time together. But by having it on Facebook and then being able to save it and share it later, it means that people in other parts of the world that are waking up at different times can see it at different times. It also means it's there for people when it's convenient. The thing I love about doing it live, though, is people only need those 15 minutes. They don't need the 10 minutes to drive to the church and the 10 minutes to drive back. So a lot of people can just take that 15-minute break, coffee break or something like that, and just turn it on. So I'm, I'm quite excited about what's happening with live. Yeah, I, I've heard of people who are having their breakfast um, joining us for prayer and, and likewise others who just wouldn't come in um, because it, was, it would take too much time, but they've been able to join in um, every day. So I, I guess the question, uh, one of the questions buzzing around my head is, is should we consider doing live on Sunday, maybe occasionally? Uh, and, and not going with everything pre-recorded. Um, and what would that look like? Yeah, that's that's the question. I think one of the things I would think is we should probably record the sermon because then the sermon is done. It's kind of in the can. And then we'll just have to figure out how we would go about recording the rest of the service would it be a couple of people we would have to be relatively safe so would that mean going into the church would that mean meeting at some other point one of the great things about the way that we're doing it now is it means that people in the safety of their homes can actually record and send it off and drop it in google drive which i think is really cool so it means we get to see different people which which is exciting um there are lots of other churches that are choosing to do it by zoom um, with degrees of success. So I guess we have some options. It'd be interesting to see what what people listening would think about something like that. Would they like to see us doing a Zoom um, service? The key with that is you would have to be awake. You'd have to be on the computer at the time that we're doing the service. The beauty of this is that people can join in any time for the service. Absolutely. And and we, we took the decision to put together or to put the service out there from first thing in the morning, uh, partly because we know we have some some friends in the UK who are who are watching, and so um, so if we release it overnight here in in BC Canada, then uh, it's available to people in Europe or, um, or or East Coast. I know someone's tuning in from New York and and people from Eastern Canada too. So um, so it, it, we've released it early in the morning from that perspective, and that means also those who who are regular St George's members who get up. At crazy times in the morning some people watch the service at five and six o'clock um which is is would be early for me um but it's there for them on the website so i, I think that's been um that's been good because um it, it just sort of fits in with people's day now do you have any idea how many people are actually watching the service are you getting any kind of sense of um you know are there people from outside are there a lot of people from the church do you have any idea how many people are watching I mean, that's a great question. Um, we've, we've got a lot of statistics um, between YouTube and Facebook and the website. We've got all sorts of analytics that tell us lots of things. Um, the challenge, of course, is working out um, how many of those YouTube views and Facebook views were seen by more than one person and how many of the people actually watched the whole service or did it just appear on the screen for 10 seconds and someone thought that was interesting and then they moved it on. So I think... Um, 
I think the simple answer is no, we don't really. Um, but but we do have a ballpark. Um, okay. We we know that um, we know that probably there are around fifty views for each Sunday service. Um, if we combine the different channels um, and uh, in, in my house there's five of us with one of those views um, in other houses there'll be one or two people three or four um, I don't think there's many with more than five but 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 do let me know if you're watching with more than five um, and so I, I think um, what we've tried to do is we've tried to get people to let us know um, through either emailing or filling in a survey just to say they watch the service. Um, and, and that's really helpful to, for us to know uh, um, as, a, as a leadership team, um, are people engaging? Is this the right thing to be doing? Because really there's a sense of we're, we're kind of making it up as we go along right now. Um, and I guess that's true for other churches too. So besides the service, what other things are you actually doing to help um, people connect with each other to stay connected. Yeah, well, it's it's really tricky to um, uh, to, to make sure people stay connected when, um, especially for those who uh, either don't have the online technology, or for others maybe who are just using it too much in the rest of their life. Um, if they're teachers or, or working from home, for example, or parents who are schooling from home and, and just they've had enough of computers. Um, and uh, so, so trying to have an online service or Zoom call um, is, is not going to be something they want to do in their spare time. I think uh, those are things we have done though. We've got the, the life groups we have in the church. We've kept them going. Some of them have a meeting through Zoom weekly or every other week. And that's been great for some people. For others, we've put in uh, back to an old school telephone system and just kind of calling people who we know um, and not, not able to connect through the internet. Um, and there's other people who, who have neighbors fairly close to them. And I, I know they kind of go out for a, a daily walk um, and uh, get some fresh air. Um, and and say hello from a safe distance just to their their neighbors where they're living sort of close to each other in the community so i i don't think there's a a one size fits all answer i think it's just um it's just responding really to to the needs that different people have um and and the great thing about st george's is we are a very mixed congregation of, of mm -hmm. people from very small to um a little bit older now, the question I'm sure that's on everybody's mind right now is that we're moving into phase two. Um, public health is saying that we can, you know, get into bigger gatherings, no more than 50. Have you had any sense of when you're going to meet um, together physically? Is that not on the table? Tell us a little bit about what's happening at St. George in that regards. Yeah, well, we... Um as part of the Anglican Diocese of New Westminster, we are answerable to the Archbishop. Um, and so later on this week, um, there's going to be a call with the Archbishop. Um, and uh, I know that they're, they're working on and are close to finishing some, some guidelines as to how churches can get back together and meet again. Um, uh, at the time of recording the podcast, uh, Bonnie Henry, um, the provincial health officer in BC, has um, has said that churches under 50 can begin to think, uh, other religious groups too, uh, can begin to think about meeting as long as we maintain physical distance. I, I think the the message is we, you know, as, as Anglicans, we go for scripture, reason and tradition. And I think the reason part of that triangle is is really important right now we, that we don't rush into um, let's all get back and have a big party and a big barbecue um, because in other places we've seen um, 
the, the virus has spread very quickly through those kind of social events. So I think we need to be really careful. We need to keep our brains in gear and, and not rush by the same token. I know there's people who are, are really excited about getting back to some sort of normality. Um, so, so the message is we'll, we'll stay tuned to what the Archbishop says. Um, and then it will be up to the parish council and trustees of St. George's to, to put a plan in place that makes sure that, um, that whatever we do is, is safe. Now, just a quick question, and it's, it's, it's probably hard for you to say it in one or two words, but we are aware that some people are watching that have no idea what Anglican is versus Catholic versus Protestant. Can you just in a quick, quick nutshell tell us what the Anglican Church of Canada is? Well, I think that would need a whole podcast to answer that question. <laughs> so I can give my opinion. Um, I mean, the, the Anglican Church, the word Anglican, comes from a word the root word meaning english so it was the church of england which was just the church in england broadly um that kind of is the um is the roots of the anglican church of canada so um being anglican it's one of the larger denominations in the world um i haven't got any numbers in front of me but i think there are 70 million anglicans around the world um i might be wrong and if i am someone tell me in the comments what the actual answer is um so fairly big denomination of churches around the world and really the the anglican church kind of has its um a foot in the in in both camps in in a sense um fairly catholic maintaining some traditions of the church that go back to um to the Catholic Church, and on the other hand, uh, being reformed, so um, uh, so so a sense of the, of the Protestant um, there as well, and 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 really the thing about being Anglican is you kind of tread the middle ground um, as best you can, um, and and so uh, if you polled our congregation and said, "Are you Anglican?" Um, I'm not sure how many people would actually say they were. Quite often, people will say, "Well, actually, I'm a I'm a Pentecostal, or I'm a Charismatic, or I'm a Catholic." Um, and uh, as I say, I could talk a lot more about this, and maybe that's a job for another time. Yes, thank you. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts, Roxanne, on some of the ways we've tried to keep in touch with people in in some of the groups that we're running, especially the Oasis group? So, maybe you could just tell us for those listening what Oasis is and. Well, one of the one of the biggest things about this is it's so isolating. And one of the things that we found with seniors in general is that they feel pretty isolated. Um, even before COVID, there were a lot of people that live alone. Maybe they've lost a spouse and they're in need of some kind of social interaction. So that's basically why Oasis was formed. It's basically a social group to get together just to have some fun. Of course, with COVID-19, we no longer can meet. So the, the tricky part is how to keep connected. Most of these people do not have um, a computer or if they have it, very, very limited in how they can use it no idea how to use Zoom, no idea how to do anything but perhaps email. And so the challenge is how to connect with them. And really at the end of the day, it's the phone call. That's basically all that we can do. So we have some people that are getting together on the phone, just talking to each other. I mean, that's basically the only thing we can do. Um, We're hoping for other things, but right now I think we're pretty limited to that. And what's the response been? Are people appreciating phone calls or? Um, In general, I think people that don't have anybody calling them on a regular basis love it. People who have people checking in on them daily are appreciative of it, but you know, it's okay. They say, thanks for checking in on me, but I'm good. And the trick is to figure out who 
we should be calling on a more regular basis. Um, but I think that everybody should remember that don't assume that just because people have people in the house, they're not lonely, they don't want people to talk to them. And I think any of our listeners should be thinking about the seniors in in their community who maybe they haven't seen for a while to maybe pick up the phone and to realize that an email is not necessarily the best way or to even suggest a zoom call when really the phone is what they would rather use for sure and and i guess um there's a there's a reminder there too that um as the church um it's not it's not just one person or a or, or a team of people who will make all the phone calls. It's down to all of us to connect with each other. Um, yeah. So, I mean, would, would you have a word of encouragement for people if they're kind of wondering about, well, how do I, um, maybe they're not used to doing it. How do they go about picking up the phone and getting in touch with someone from, from a group they're part of or from church? Well, I think one of the things people have to think about is who would I normally see that I haven't seen for a really long time? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody that um, was at your kid's school. Maybe it's somebody that you would go play tennis with or you would do something else. I think that some of us, we become so isolated, we forget about the bigger circle and um, we can pick up the phone in the bigger circle. And so I would really um, challenge people who are listening today to think about, is there somebody that I haven't seen for six to eight weeks that I normally saw all the time and maybe I should pick up the phone and see how they're doing. Awesome. Um, so uh, let that be an encouragement if you're listening and uh, and it's something you can do I guess whether you're uh, one of our St. George's people or wherever you are whatever church or group it may not be, be a church it could be um, any other group you're part of um, pick up the phone give someone a call so great encouragement there um, as we as we kind of come to a close of our first podcast um, what what is your what are your hopes Roxanne for future conversations well, I think one of the things is just to talk about some of the issues that, that people are wondering about. And um, the best thing for the people listening here is to tell us what they're wondering about. We've heard some really, really good suggestions. Um, and I think what we're going to do is just talk because both you and I love to talk. And so we should have no problem. But for those listening, if there's something you're really um, wanting us to talk about, please feel free to get in touch with us. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I think the great opportunity with with a podcast is just to have a conversation um, that it doesn't need to necessarily um, be entirely uh, scripted. This isn't a book, um, although maybe it could become one, but uh, it's not a book. Um, we can just have a conversation. It's not necessarily going to follow a, a defined pattern um, as a sermon series or something would. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity just to kind of have have conversation, um, which which we do anyway, working together, but to involve others in that conversation. So uh, if you've been listening, thank you for joining us for our first one. It is really helpful if you could tell somebody about the podcast, um, maybe tell a friend. Um, or a family member, have them listen. Uh, you can find this on all your favorite podcasting apps. On those apps, make sure you like and subscribe and hit the bell and do all those things you need to do. Uh, and that means you'll get notified when there's one next time. Uh, but if you are worried about not receiving a notification, then head to our church website, which is stgeorgemaplerridge.ca and it's linked in the show notes. And uh, send us a message and just say, please, can you let me know when the next podcast is? Um, and we also have a special email address, um, which won't surprise you, Roxanne, will it? Um, <laughs> 
Maggie, I set up an email address for us. Uh, so if you want to write to us specifically about the podcast, and it is podcast at stgeorgemapleridge.ca. So that's the easiest way to get in touch and respond to this. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>